This audio production is brought to you by TheBestDayEver.com, David Wolf's premium longevity member site. The content found on TheBestDayEver.com from David Wolf and New Horizon Health, Inc. is for informational purposes only and is in no way intended as medical advice, as a substitute for medical counseling, or as treatment cure for any disease or health condition, and nor should it be construed as such because that would be illegal. Always work with a qualified health professional before making any changes to your diet, supplement use, prescription drug use, lifestyle, or exercise activities. Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in again for part two of the interview with Nadine Artemis on how to have the best skin ever. And just to remind you, Nadine is a gifted aromacologist. She's a visionary who gathers and works with the purest of ingredients and the intelligence embodied in plant juice to create a revolutionary line of essential oils, elixirs, serums, and perfume poetry for health, skin care, and beauty. She has invented the whole concept of renegade beauty, and through her company Living Libations, which was co-created with her partner Ron Obadiah, Nadine offers beauty products that bring out the strength of the botanicals without relying on any chemicals, synthetics, anything that's actually going to cause the skin to age. Nadine, thanks so much for taking the time to be with me here today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Okay, great. So let's dive right in. The biggest issues that women face are skin tone, sagging, loose skin, cellulite, all that good stuff. What can you recommend? for us to have really strong, elastic tissue that stays firm like it did when we were 16? Skin tone and sagging, uh, loose skin, mainly has to do with weak collagen or the lack, you know, when the collagen isn't strong. And so then the skin, the tissue starts to lose its connectivity and elasticity. And that can be from a few things. Um, one thing is not getting enough collagen in your diet um, because what makes collagen, the body has a few other things to do before it does collagen. Collagen's a complicated process and it wants to take care of some other things first because it's not crucial. Um, so foods that heal and build collagen would be an ample supply of amino acids and um, vitamin C, alpha-lipaic acid, or MSM, those are all, those are good supplements to help build collagen. Um, if you're into eating bone broth, that's a good way to get those, and it's super lubricating, and it helps to keep your tissues moist. But if not, just, you know, you can have, take, um, just make sure you're getting full amount of amino acids for a supplementation. Essential oils help to, they inhibit the enzymes that eat collagen and elasticity. So that's really great when you're working with things like essential oils. Essential oils also, I mean, if there's anything topically that's going to help cellulite in the whole world, to me, it's essential oils um, because they increase the circulation. They prevent um, the, the negative enzymes that eat elasticity. They're able to drain um, and help circulation and help drain the lymph system, which is very key for cellulite's a bit of a separate issue, but cellulite is also something is, is skin that has lost its connectivity. So again, you want to think about skin connectivity. It's very, very key. Another thing that's that's also responsible for um, 
cellulite and sagging skin is excess estrogen, or what's also known as estrogen dominance. And David Wolf talked about that a lot. So you want to be tuning into your cycle, maybe even having like a hormone test, seeing where your estrogen levels are at, and then getting that excess estrogen out of the skin through indole-3-carbinol, exercising the lymph system, which again, that can be through dry brushing, sauna, rebound. Those are all really helpful ways to go into it. And also, topically, just, you know, again, not using the synthetics because that eats away at collagen. It also increases our estrogen because pretty much anything that's from the drugstore, a lot of things from the health food store too, they have ingredients that create xenoestrogens, and that, you know, really adds to our estrogen load. And a lot of people invest quite a bit of money into those synthetic products thinking that they're going to get a good result. And so you're saying avoid all those products, go the essential oil route, And can you just talk a little bit more about these enzymes that eat the elasticity in the body? Yeah, they're called elastinase and collagenase, and they're not, I mean, they're enzymes, which I always think of as a good word, um, but they're not good enzymes. And they will eat the things that you don't want in your skin. So the great thing about essential oils, and it's been proven in some laboratory studies, is that they literally inhibit those negative enzymes from breaking down your elasticity which is awesome because I always, you know, I know on an intuitive level and on a level from working with them on my own skin for years that they do things, you know. So that's what I really like. They really are active substances. And then commercial products, um, they have ingredients that are going to be um, harming that. They're, they're, you know, there's it, chlorine, for example. That's actually, that's can be in products, but it's also just coming out of our taps. And that disrupts the skin's lipid and the collagen production. And fluoride dissolves collagen as well. And it actually incorrectly mineralizes collagen. What fluoride does is it makes the bones soft and the skin gets stiff. Why in the world would they recommend fluoride for teeth? Because teeth is like bone. Yeah, well, it actually it does cause teeth to get more brittle in the end. And, you know, there's... Studies will show you both, but it's a huge debate, although I don't even know why it's a debate because it's pretty clear that um, fluoride can model the teeth. That's when people get white spots on their teeth and stuff. Mm-hmm. It really wreaks havoc on a, on a havoc on a deep level with our system, and anything that's going on inside, that's going to be reflected in our skin. When people take showers and baths, I mean, they're basically bathing themselves in this chlorinated water, so would you recommend a shower filter, and, you know, actually the Longevity Warehouse has these detox bath balls now, and so I just throw yeah. that in when I, I'm a bath person, so I throw that in before I take a bath to absorb that chlorine and anything else because, you know, we've already talked about how the skin is such a huge eliminative organ and all that chlorine is being absorbed into the skin. Would you say that is a major contributory factor to things like cellulite and loose skin and the sagging? Yeah, it, it is because think about how many la- la- layers we're getting this on a daily basis. So we're drinking it, we're bathing in it, then we're applying this to our body. So maybe it's different. Maybe the cream has, um, you know, phthalates and parabens in it, and then the tap water is chlorine and fluoride and other things. But, you know, we're getting a daily drip of BPA, of toxic heavy metals, and um, all these things contribute to like a slow erosion 
of our insides and of, of directing key mitochondriac cellular membrane stuff is getting the wrong message and we're getting mutations on, our, on a cellular level. Many studies show, too, that all these things, that they, they're lipophilic in a way. So these heavy metals and these different xenoestrogens, they love fat and they get caught up in our fat tissue, and then, um, especially with things like estrogen, excess estrogen in the body, we get kind of in a vicious cycle where these chemicals and heavy metals are creating fat and, and getting stored in the fat, and it's just like, a, it's sort of a hard thing to break, but we're really getting this daily drip of chemicals mm-hmm. every day that really can disrupt and it's funny, too, because we're buying these things, you know, for beauty. Right. And again, mm-hmm. it's just not helping. <laughs> so the key here is, for those who are listening in, is to really drink spring water. Try to avoid tap water. David Wolf says that's one of the number one things, your water source. Just yeah. critical to your overall health. Use yeah. a shower filter if you can or the detox bath ball if you take baths. And really just scrutinize the labels on the products that you may already be buying to see if there's any synthetics or chemicals lurking within them. And Nadine already clued us in on some of the terminology that might be present in those labels. So really just take the time to investigate and make sure that what you're putting on your body is as pure as possible. Okay, so let's take a look at the neck and decolletage, which in women seems to show signs of aging first before any other area. So what do you recommend in terms of taking care of these areas so that they remain youthful and radiant? There's actually, um, right in that area under the jawline, there are uh, fat receptors under that chin. They're similar to the fat receptors in our belly, and they're called alpha receptors. When we eat a lot of high in sugar, that it sends a signal for that area to store fat. And so, again, remember that, like, if you eat a lot of carbs, that also can, the body uh, interprets that to be sugar. So that is an area that's affected by those signals and high insulin levels. I saw, actually, a woman talking about estrogen dominance. She had been taking bioidentical hormones, and I saw her. She's, like, 60, and uh, she looked great. And then she went off of them, and I saw her a month later, and she had, like, a set, very much a sagging chin. So that was just when she went off her bioidentical progesterone, it was just an interesting side effect to see that happen, like to see it in in a face. I was like, wow. She's like, I got to get back on them. (laughs) Hormone balancing is just critical for beauty in general, but in this particular vulnerable area, we really want to stay on top of making sure that we don't have estrogen dominance in the body. Yes, yeah, but really on every level for a woman, on a level of beauty and then and deep, deep health, we want to be having our hormones in balance and moving away from estrogen dominance. Is there anything topically that can be used for this area to just decrease signs of aging or nourish that area in a way that's going to produce a better result? You know, maybe when you're in your 20s and 30s, we forgot to moisturize our neck <laughs> when we were just doing our face. So remember, you know, moisturize it. And then you can always do things with your jaw, uh, although I'm so bad at, like, doing, like, exercises or, you know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, I can't remember that. But, you know, inversions, upside-down yoga, just make it part of your routines. You're not like, oh, now I've got to add jaw exercises to it. <laughs> so inversions are really great for beauty, too. 
Okay. And next issue I'd like to talk about is a big one as well, and that's sun damage. How can we protect ourselves against sun damage? How can we go out in the sun and get that vitamin D that our body really needs in order to have optimal health, yet avoid any damage that's being caused to our skin? And can you talk about the myth of uh, suntan lotion? Yeah, I love talking about the sun because we uh, definitely have some misunderstanding around it. The first thing, you know, even before the debate about sunscreen or not, is we just just to remember that when we're with the sun, we're engaging in a relationship with it, right? It's like your skin, your body, and the sun. And so you've got to think about what you're bringing to that relationship. And if there's been a lifetime of, you know, eating trans fat vegetable oils, um, eating a lot of processed food, mazzola, birth control pills, when that system and that type of skin meets the sun, you're going to experience um, probably more sun damage and hyperpigmentation issues. It's sort of the difference between like cooking with like spraying your uh, pan with Pam, that spray on stuff, or cooking literally with mazzola or using like extra virgin coconut oil or extra virgin olive oil. Then you've got just a different thing going on than like using like olive oil and see buckthorn um, rather than using like bleached deodorized petroleum oils on your body. So that's actually what's creating sun damage more than the actual sun itself. So, yeah, it is great to get sun. But, of course, like, you know, maybe, and if you're feeling vulnerable about your face but you do want to get sunshine, I mean, tan your back, tan your legs. You know, if you get full body exposure but cover your face, you're still going to get all the vitamin D you need because, you know, a lot of people's faces are vulnerable from from other years of, of sort of doing the things that they shouldn't have done in the sun or just getting it burnt too many times. So just remember, I know I do that with my sister. She's like, but I can't. And I'm like, just tan your bum. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you get a freckle there, you know. Um, but definitely there is more issues with hyperpigmentation with um, when synthetic hormones and stuff are in the diet. So with all of this, you know, you know, you can look at it on the internet. There's a lot of studies that show a lot of really interesting things, but how skin cancer has risen in areas like Australia where, when they introduce sunscreen and that, you know, many of the ingredients in sunscreens are carcinogenic. Literally, like oxybenzene is, is something that was used in a lab to ignite a chemical process, and it's not carcinogenic until it actually is exposed to sunlight. So these are some of the chemicals out there that we're supposed to slather onto our skin and then, you know, bear all with that in front of the sun. And and that is definitely going to be creating health issues, skin issues later in life. Also, many studies show that um, people that worked inside all day under fluorescent lights, and if they went outside on the weekend and suntanned, um, then they have more skin cancer than an outdoor worker that works outside every day. So really interesting things going on there. Um, but just remember, you know, you can you, you know your own body and skin type. You can build up how many minutes you're staying out in the sun. And if, if you know, wear a hat to uh, if you want to have more protection for your face. And then if you are surfing or you're, you're swimming and you need that extra protection where you have a block, then work with sunscreens that are made with zinc. And which is a natural mineral, and it blocks the sun. And then whatever that's with, just make sure the rest of the ingredients are also pure. 
and then you can have a lot more fun in the sun. And, you know, you can really get nourishment with the sun uh, when you're wise with it. What do you use personally? I have something that I've made for like 20 years called Everybody Loves the Sunshine. And that I made, uh, I would go into the desert a lot and sort of experiment with which plant oils would work in the sun. So um, plants do offer some, it's hard to say what it's called, but they do offer like a buffer between you and the sun, but you can't really measure it in the same way like an SPF because SPFs is designated for synthetic ingredients. So you can't really say, well, jojoba has an SPF of about an eight, but it kind of does in that level of like, you know, how long you could be out in the sun. So botanical oils like um, coconut, jojoba, which is a desert plant, and olive oil, they actually do offer some some protection. It's it's more, I call it like a harmonizing factor. So if I wear that, I can be in the sun longer. And then other I put other plants in there like lavender, immortel, sandalwood, rosato, which are anti-carcinogenic. They stop cells from from going down malvolent pathways. So they're all very, very healing if I did happen to get burned or or um, just really healing for being out in the sun. And many people experience like golden tan when they use that oil. Now, that's not for everybody, you know, like an Irish redhead might need to work up to something a little more. But it definitely kind of feels like about a six or an eight. And then um, if I need to block, I've taken that formula, everybody loves the sunshine, and then added zinc to it. So you get these really deep, potent healing plants. And then we've added the zinc for, you know, if we're in Hawaii and need to be in the sun all day. And try, I try and get that one white stripe on Leaf's nose. <laughs> and then he wipes it off five minutes later. But... But that's what I use. And it's safe for kids. Yeah, it's safe because it's got a larger molecular structure. There's different types of zinc, but this is a, not a nanoparticleized zinc, so it's, it won't sink into the system, and it's totally safe. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so now let's talk about broken blood vessels, spider veins. It's for women, veins in the legs and, and all of that. Is there anything that can be done to minimize that appearance and even maybe stop the spider veins from taking place in the first place. Yeah, yeah, that's a, I used to make a blend um, called waitress legs. It's so funny. I don't make it anymore, but it's so easy with Cypress. <laughs> but it literally, because I, I, everybody would get spider veins. So, and they totally, people would come in, oh my God, it totally works, because it does work. And they're just little messages from your body that are saying, you know, you need to tweak up circulation look at lymph flow, put your feet up at night, you know, you could wedge up the bottom of your bed. And then how essential oils really help with this is they're so good on a level for microcirculation and lymphatic. Essential oils are just such amazing allies for the lymphatic system. And so you just take essential oil. We use uh, the blend doodab you can use on the cuprose on your face and it will go away. Or if at home and you have some oils, you could use cypress. That's a really great one for circulation. And you just touch it on the vein or the cuprose the spider vein. You don't really massage it in hard, you know, and you don't want to be too aggressive, but you just put the essential oil on there very lightly because, again, the lymphatic system is just like right right below the surface of the skin. So it's like when you're getting a massage, 
that's going to the muscles and that's actually too deep for the lymphatic system. So lymphatic system, you more like if you're kind of touch your skin like a butterfly would, that's where the lymphatic system is. And you just apply, you know, it might be a few times a day for a few weeks, but they will go away. And then just think about things that you can do to improve your lymph system and strengthen the vein walls. Is there anything you would recommend dietary-wise? Yeah, I think vitamin K2 is really good for that and often something that we're lacking. And C, vitamin C, like camu, camu berries, getting your vitamin C naturally, it it really helps to strengthen the veins. Okay, so those are two really good tips. So camu, camu berry and vitamin K2. Can you talk a little bit more about vitamin K2 and what it does in the body? Yeah, I love that vitamin um, because... It's it's like kind of not known too much, and it came up a lot for me when I was really going deeply into um, oral care and how I realized that, you know, probably how we all, like how we have an epidemic of vitamin D3 deficiency, we probably have that with K2 right now. So it's really good for teeth, but I also realized it's also amazing for beauty. And K1 comes from leafy greens, but K2 comes from animal fat, if it's if if the the animal has grazed on grass, so but that would be butter, milk, eggs from really happy pastured um, cows or chicken. Um, but in, and if you are a vegan, you can get it um, from a fermented soy, uh, and it's called natto. So that's really a great vegan option. And how it helps is. When we have minerals, when we're taking magnesium and calcium, the K2 actually, without we need K2 because it, it tells the minerals to go into the bones. And if we don't have K2 in our bodies to usher that calcium and the magnesium into the bones, the calcium will wander around aimlessly in the body. And that's where we get things like calcification, which Dave Wolf talked about extensively. Calcium doesn't go where it's supposed to go. And then it goes into the soft tissues, and that's the beauty wrinkle part. So if calcium's not going into the bones, it wanders around in the soft tissue, and that's the beauty wrinkle part. So when we have this, um, what's, what happens in the skin is we have an inactive MGP, which is just a scientific word for matrix GLA protein, which is whatever. But when that's inactive in our skin, that's the calcification of the soft tissues which creates wrinkles, and then on top of that, we're losing bone density, which is kind of like, you know, that looks like a classic uh, thing that's going on right now with women in our culture that are in their 60s and stuff, right? It's like, you know, perhaps early wrinkling and bone loss. So K2 is essential for that. It's essential for having healthy teeth and great skin. And Dr. Joseph Mercola talks a lot about vitamin K2, and that's where I first learned about it when he brought it up at one of our Longevity Now conferences. We highly recommend supplementation in that area. Is there any foods that it's in where if we increase the nutritional aspect of eating those foods, we can get the K2? Yeah, I think um, you even have a great one at Longevity Warehouse, which is the ghee that you have, which Mm -hmm. is a beautiful um, butter, clarified butter, and I believe that all those cows were totally pastured, and that's a really great source. Or eggs, you know, as long as you're getting real food, and that's why I think we might have a bit of an an epidemic because, sure, there's a lot of people eating, you know, butter and eggs and stuff, but none of those animals 
have been, you know, seen green grass, you know, then there's no K2 in that food. Yeah. Would you say colostrum? Oh, that's great. It should. I mean, I, I can't see why I wouldn't. I would double, double check that, but it would have to really, because if the milk would. So mm-hmm. that's a, that would be a great source, yeah. So, Nadine, here we are. We're in the middle of winter. You know, you're in Canada. I'm in Southern California. And even though our winter, actually it's been quite cold this winter. It's even hit around 30 degrees. But in whatever climate, when it's getting colder, that can cause dry skin. And so how do you recommend hydrating the skin, keeping it moisturized properly so that we don't end up with that dry, scaly skin that indicates some level of malnutrition with respect to the skin? Yeah, that's water is a key. Again, it's one of those foundational things for beauty and health. Our skin cells, of course, have a water content, and that determines how moist and how supple our skin is. And dehydration can happen, like, you know, obviously when you get off a plane ride or it's winter, but it can also accumulate over the years. So to really hydrate deeply, it might take might take a few months, you know, like getting your five gallons of spring water and just, you know, at least having one of those once a week and really deeply changing the water, the entire water content of your body over and really nurturing those cells. Another thing that leads to dry, dehydrated skin, it goes back to, like, what we're putting on our skin. You know, the whole structure, this whole skin-type hype stuff that goes out on out there, it definitely messes with the skin's lipid layer, and that's the layer that holds water in. And so there's a lot of, of things. I mean, even, like, a gentle foaming cleanser or even, like, a Nivea cream cleanser, that's going to strip away from the lipid barrier of your skin and then you know and then petroleum is supposed to put put the moisture back in so really that whole system is going to challenge the integrity of the skin's outer layer and also on a nutritional level again there are could be essential elements that might be missing if you're really experiencing dry skin like iodine and magnesium those are two really great essential minerals that also are great for beauty. Nadine, thank you so much for all the incredible information that you've relayed to our audience that is going to enable each of us to activate our potential to have the best skin ever. You're one of our featured speakers at the upcoming Women's Wellness Conference, which is Friday, February 15th through Sunday, February 17th at the Orange County Hilton in Costa Mesa, California. And if you could just give us an insight into what you're going to be covering, that would be great. Yes, I'm, well, I'm really excited about this talk. Um, I'm going to go into breast health. As I, having recently lost my mother to breast cancer, um, definitely an issue that's been on my, on my mind. And I just feel like, you know, there's so much information out there, so much data and so much awareness, but I feel like we're all just a bit scared. You know, the, our, our breasts that are these beautiful, Parts of our bodies that are for, you know, they, they're seen as sensual and they're seen as, uh, as, as things to sustain the life of babies. We've just got all this fear surrounding our breasts, which is sort of like a fear around uh, femininity, feminine hormones, all kinds of misinformation out there and people that are so afraid of breast cancer that they might even have uh, preventative mastectomies 
So I just feel like, wow, we're so not knowledgeable about our breasts, about our breast breast health. And sort of the answers out there, out there I don't think are that satisfying. Like, well, we're not too sure about prevention, just get a mammography, but there's a lot of issues with mammography. And so I think I've, I've got some great things to share. I think I've got some great preventative answers and some practices and some ways to look at our breasts and our lymphatic system that will be, you know, very empowering and also looking at some key nutrients that would definitely break the pattern of, of, uh, and preventing breast cancer. I think it's such an important topic. You know, as we've discussed, you've lost your mother this year, sadly, and I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. And my mother has recently had a mastectomy. She had it just a couple of weeks ago on one breast, and now it's infected and she has to take antibiotics. And there's quite a lot we can do proactively to stack the odds in our favor so that it's impossible for a cell to mutate in our body into a cancer cell. In fact, that has happened. There are other measures that can be taken. And so I'm really, really looking forward to your talk on breast health. You're not the only speaker who's going to be addressing this important topic. One in eight women now are being addressed. I think a woman is diagnosed every 23 seconds with breast cancer. And so it's an issue in society that we need to address. And so you're going to be talking about it. Dr. Christy Weston is going to be mentioning it as well, David Wolf and Dr. Sarah Gottfried. So it's going to be a topic that's extensively covered at the Women's Wellness Conference. I look forward to your talk. I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you again, Nadine, for joining us. Always a pleasure. And for those of you listening in, thanks so much. Have the best day ever. This program was brought to you by thebestdayever.com. Thanks for listening.